0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Double Shot, a sports podcast as usual. You got JP here and on the other line you got Hector. What's going on Hector?
1: Not much man, eager to get back on the mics after the Cowboys picked up another W. I I picked up unfortunately a loss this week, but the Cowboys helped me out there.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) No, um, yeah, uh, Cowboys, Giants, Monday Night Football, Cowboys run a, uh, not run away with it. I guess run away w- with it in the fourth quarter, thirty-eight to seventeen, was it?
1: Yeah, the game itself was, for the most part, anyways, uh, a, a little closer than the score would seem, or than, yeah. the, than the score would make seem. We had a scoop and score in the, literally in the last like winding down seconds of the of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a story that we've been talking about all year. It's we're starting relatively slow. And then uh, we had a little help from our our friend uh, Jason Kitten that ended up coming out and giving the Giants bad luck. And, <laughs> uh, and then they picked it up. I think they scored ten to close out the half. And then they came out and we own the third quarter. We have been doing that uh, for the most part of the year. And uh, and yeah, they were able to to shut the door on the Giants and complete the sweep for a third year in a row.
0: Did you see that on the official Cowboys account, they tweeted about the cat, <laughs> named hit named the cat player of the game?
1: Dude, I believe it. That cat got so famous overnight, it was ridiculous. I know, that
0: was really funny. But, um, yeah, okay, so, um, uh, this game, this is another game where, I mean, I don't really know what to think about these games on an individual basis anymore, like, especially this game against the Giants, because... We're already, what, what what was this, week 10? Week 9? We, th- this
1: was week 9 for us. Well, eight, our 8th game, but week 9.
0: Week 9, yeah. And so, so, officially in the second half of the NFL season, and I feel like we should start, you know, coming away with solid opinions of, you know, what these teams are capable of. And with the Giants team, like you mentioned earlier, um, the game was closer than it should have been. I mean, it was not... As the score dictated, because they, uh, it wasn't until midway through the fourth that they really um, put things away, and so they face the Giants team who have now lost five in a row, who have lost the Danny Dimes magic ever since his debut, mm-hmm.
1: and um, it seems like, but we can't, we can't take anything too far away from the Cowboys because the Giants have lost five in a row and they really don't have they're kind of rebuilding and whatnot we can't take anything away from them this is still a rivalry game in one of the most competitive I'm not going to say best because this year we haven't been one of the best but one of the most competitive divisions and when I say that I mean the Giants it's a very long shot but they they I mean they could still have a chance and the the Redskins I think have fallen out of that but as bad as the Giants are doing, this no one ever really seems to pull so far ahead that they're out of reach in the NFC East division. So when it comes down to games like this, you kinda throw records and everything else out the window because I mean, as we saw, there was about four fights in the second half, all started by Will Hernandez. But uh, <laughs> these guys just they go at each other's throats no matter what they've been doing the rest of the, the for the rest of the season. And um, this Cowboys
0: team is still making me like very confused as to what exactly their potential is I mean I feel like we know what their potential is I feel like they're a bubble Super Bowl contender probably have the, should have their sights set more on the NFC Championship game I mean their, their offense has been incredible um, first in yards per play second in points per drive second in big plays a game second in passing yards per attempt and third in points per game, but they still find themselves you know, still starting off sluggish and having trouble putting teams away, and is I guess I'm getting to the point where I'm wondering, is this who they are and who how we should be accepting them, or is because I, I don't know what else there is to do as far as, you know starting and ending strong, it seems like this is a team that's always going to need to develop you know, chemistry and uh, and uh, pace, you know, throughout the course of the game, and they can't really start off that way. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being too down, but what what do you think?
1: No, you're you're, you're right, and and I kind of just want to get. Yeah, I, I feel you. We need to get. I, I wish that it wasn't a worry about the first half because we see with teams like Green Bay, and we got. Um, New England coming up in a few weeks. Hell, with with this week with uh, Minnesota, if we start off slow against teams like that with high-powered offenses, with um, with their franchise quarterbacks intact, like their veteran quarterbacks that know the game and are experienced, um, we start off slow. They're going to pull way too far ahead for us to for us to come back. As is what happened with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So I kind of do wish that that was out of the question that we didn't even have to worry about all that. But for now. It's semi-working. We did go on that three-game losing streak. Really, the only one that we should have been worried about was that Jets loss. Um, the other ones were, were to two mm-hmm. good teams. Um, but, but it, I mean, it has been working. As long as we keep performing... To If we could just get the whole game to play out the way that the second half has been playing out for us, it would be amazing. And this team would be... You know, the sky would be the limit for them. The the Another thing that they did... And I won't say that it was because we were ahead because like like we keep saying, it, it was closer than it seems. We what we did, what we were able to do this time and it's shown time and time again to be successful, is we were able to run the ball. When we give Ezekiel Elliott the ball on the ground twenty three times and he racks up one hundred and thirty nine yards, it doesn't matter that he didn't score a running <laughs> touchdown. Him him being able to control the pace of the game really, really helped us helped us out a lot. And he was running people over. He wasn't he wasn't trying to get around I don't think I saw him hurt there was a couple opportunities where he could hurtle, but he it, you can just see the hunger in his face like he just he wants the ball he wants to go and he wants to hit somebody
0: yeah I would say that definitely um the offense isn't really much of a concern to me anymore I mean we know what Ezekiel Elliott is capable of Dak Prescott has shown like so many strides in his improvement this year it's gotten to the point where I went from being a Doubter of his to now being a big fan of his, and I feel like he's kind of coming into his own, and you know, and it doesn't hurt that we, you know, we have, he has a strong receiver supporting cast. So I think as far as the offense goes, they are pretty much they are where they are, and I don't think that's really going to change all that much from here to playoff time. I guess where we would really need to pick things up on is on defense. Um, I mean, they did have a takeaway and touchdown, which put things away in the last game, but before. Before that, the defense leading up to that, what did you think of it for the rest of the game?
1: Um, I'm going to talk about it as a whole because the the thing that stands out to me about this defense this week, well, first of all, we needed DeMarcus Lawrence to come in hot and, and to come off and guns a-blazing, and that's exactly what he did. DeMar- when DeMarcus Lawrence gets to the quarterback, he's a scary, scary guy. Once he gets in that lineman's head – it's almost game over every time because he will taunt a quarterback, and he'll do it before. Like if he beats, like I think last year we swept the Giants, and then this year before the season even started, he was already tweeting at Eli pictures of when he sacked him. Like Demarcus Lawrence is is the textbook defender, and when he gets off uh, hot, he it really takes us uh, to the next level. But I want to talk about it in in. In total with the whole game, because what what stands out is that Saquon Barkley, he led the team in carries. And he is arguably top three running backs in the league. He leads the team in carries with 14. He had 28 yards on the ground. Daniel Jones had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. When you can hold a superstar like that to 28 rushing yards, two per carry, that, I think, is a success for us. Yeah, we didn't get a takeaway until the end, but... My main concern, and I think a lot of our fans' main concerns, uh, going into this, or really any team going into a game with the Giants, is Saquon Barkley. And when you're able to to shut him down, then then it's a big step for your team. And um, I think with the defense, um,
0: I it's weird because it doesn't really come together very well. I mean, at some points it does. You know, the defense isn't terrible. But and I like their and I like you know most of the defense individually, but then when all together it doesn't really, it doesn't really execute. And so I think, uh, I mean, as far as uh, I mean, you have uh, Byron Jones, who for his career only has two takeaways. But on the other side of it, you have Jordan Lewis, who this was his ninth career start, and already has six takeaways. That guy, I don't know. That guy seems like a gem in the Cowboys defense. I mean, Chidobe was Chidobe – was um, I mean, I'm a fan of Chidobe. I'm a fan of Anthony Brown. Michael Bennett was actually doing pretty well in his debut. But he already had a sack and, like, four tackles, I think it was. Yep. And um, it feels like they're starting to, um, you know, put things together, you know, if only Tyrone Crawford was still around. But that's not going to happen.
1: And, yeah, but um, Michael Bennett is, is showing so far at, in the small – example that we have uh, to be a good replacement you know and we Mm -hmm. knew we knew the caliber player that he was going into this we had five sacks um it was jalen smith michael bennett uh malik collins armstrong robert Quinn got in there demarcus lawrence i mean everybody was pressuring and i actually am a fan of cheeto but Man, there was a couple of passes early in the game that I was so, so enraged because it either looked like a lackluster performance or he just got, he got mossed. He got over the top or he got burned. or And he just, he's there's times where Cheeto looks like, okay, this guy can be a star. And then there's just times where it looks like, why in the world do we have him on the starting line? And it, and it pisses me off because our DBs, everyone knows that our DBs are our weak spot. Jordan Lewis is hopefully looking to be the ball hawk that we've been needing. Um, But as of right now, since we missed out on uh, Jamal Adams, we don't really have – I love Jeff Heath, but we don't really have a good safety. Our DBs need to be the ones to get it together. And it it does seem like – you're right. It does seem like in spurts they are, but then you get the little – you get the the highlights where Golden Tate, a 47-year-old Golden Tate, makes a highlight reel one-handed catch on the one-yard line.
0: Yeah, it's things like that where um, I guess that's a better way of putting it is that you know with um, Cheeto, they just have those plays. You know, it feels like, I mean, there are points in the game where it feels like the defense is coming on strong and is going to have a dominant performance, and then. You know they'll let the team, you know, execute a a third and long, and you know it's just like, okay, well, what was all that work for? You know, you had an amazing first and second down, and then you blew it on the third, and now it's going to extend the play and lead to a field goal or something. And it's always it's it you know it's always just things like that. And um, you know, until they learn those mistakes, I mean, there isn't really much else to you know learn from it as a viewer. I mean, it's pretty much just they have to fix their own mistakes, and until then this is pretty much who they are. And I'm just the the thing that they have to, the thing that we have to worry about is, you know, are, are these mistakes going to continue and are they going to be, you know, affordable mistakes or, you know, are these going to be things that can lead to a touchdown in a crucial playoff game? And, you know, we can, something that we can easily point to as a reason why, you know, we didn't advance.
1: Yeah. And I think that's when we'll, I think that's when I'll feel comfortable saying, okay, they got it together. Once we start, once we get a pick six or two, it doesn't have to be in the same game, but we start we start putting the fear into quarterbacks to where I have to throw it perfectly because at any time, one of these guys is going to come out of nowhere, pick it off, and take it for six. I don't think – I like, I don't believe that that will happen, and I don't think quarterbacks that come into Dallas believe that that's going to happen. So once we can string together, a couple of real meaningful takeaways, like on meaningful drives, not that last-second scoop and score um, – then i think we'll we'll be able to say all right they're on the right track or they are on the right track but then we'll be able to say that they're they're getting it to, they finally have it together and uh, i do think that there is hope obviously chris richard i i we were fearful that he was going to leave in the off season he assembled and taught the legion of boom up in seattle and he's done wonders with these kids um i think it just it might be just growing pains like time's going to tell and and uh, chris richard's with a little more time will turn this into uh, Legion of Boom v v two down in Dallas.
0: Okay, so looking at where they are in the standings now, five and three, five and three. Okay, I thought they had a bigger lead over the Eagles, but I guess not.
1: No, yeah, we needed okay. the stupid Bills to win, and they lost.
0: Okay, so yeah, half game up on the Eagles now. Um, even though it's just a half game, I still feel pretty confident about that. I'm just really down on the rest of the division, so I feel like this is the Cowboys to lose and so um i think but i mean of course it comes now that we have the vikings up next and you know a win there and a, a a loss there and an eagles win and all of a sudden we're in second
1: yeah and the eagles have their bye week so they get to sit back and and watch it it's, it's oh, they're literally in our hands now. this week yeah however so when what, they what come d- back they do play the patriots so that's good for us yeah
0: and w- what do you think about their prospects against minnesota
1: well adam thielen is out Well, it's not for sure yet, but oh yeah, uh, it's most likely likely that he's going to be out. Yeah, so that helps a ton. I can't express how much that helps that we won't have to defend both him and Stephon Diggs. But Stephon Diggs is no is he's not a bum. Like it's still going to be hard to take care of him. Our linebackers, I'm confident. Our linebackers were able to hold Saquon to 24 yards or 28 yards, whatever it was. Um, I'm confident that they'll be able to do the same thing to. To uh, Dalvin Cook. Now it's going to be a little different because we're not so afraid of of Daniel Jones going down the field as we are Kirk Cousins. Uh, but I think if if you can start the ball, shit, if we could get a turnover on that first drive, if we get a pick on the early in the game, that's going to. I would be confident saying that a pick in the first quarter and and we should be we should have the momentum and the stance to be able to win that game but if we don't doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to lose but if we can't put a lid on dalvin cook then we might as well just put that in the in the loss column and that's going to be tough but i'm confident i'm confident if we just did what we did to to a saquon i'm confident that we can get a w over mike zimmer this weekend and that's at home right yeah that's at home yeah that's at home um i'm just terrified of the it sucks man because if they were just a one-dimensional team, we'd be able to stop that one dimension. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those teams that can go over the top and can run it down your throat. And uh, we really, really need Leighton Van Esch to come back. Sean Lee was another one of the unsung heroes this week. I think he had 12 uh, tackles. There yeah, was a couple of runs really that, he s- that he stuffed right at the line of scrimmage, and, and he was playing like, like Sean Lee of old. Um, so if he can keep it up and if we can get Leighton Randers back, then we're in really really good position to win this game. Another thing
0: too to worry about is that this could be a Dan Bailey revenge game. Got to be oh, careful. Oh
1: man, I forgot about that. Wow.
0: <laughs> Got to be careful with that.
1: I wonder if this is his first time back. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I think sure. it is. Yeah, probably, I think... right? I don't think we played them last year. I I don't think so. uh
0: uh-uh. uh no, but um, okay, all right. You have anything
1: else to add on? Add on uh, what's going on with Dallas right now? Um, just to your point earlier that that it's Dallas's to lose. It, I all eyes got to be on on this division right now because our our next few games, I'm gonna just call out the next few games. We're up by half a game. You said over the Eagles. We do on the tiebreaker yeah. for now, but uh, we'll see them again. So we have. Vikings, Lions, Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams, and then the Eagles have a uh, Patriots, Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins. So it may look like we have the upper hand and it is ours to lose, but it is not in any, by any mm-hmm. means uh, a given yet. Like it's going to be is a real yeah, scary it- last few weeks for the NFCs. When you put it that way, <laughs> that's a little bit more concerning. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The Eagles have a considerably easier schedule going into the end of the year. So we'll see, man. Keep your eyes on the, on the uh, NFC East with those last few games. Okay. All right. So
0: next thing, Patriots finally lose against the Baltimore Ravens. And it wasn't even close, 37-20, leaving only one undefeated team left in San Francisco now. And, um, with the Patriots game against the Ravens, I mean, the thing that stuck out to me was that this was the first game of the year where they actually faced real competition because, like, they yeah. had a they had a really easy schedule to start with, probably the easiest schedule in the league, and, um, now, um, you know, if, I mean, and Baltimore, you know, no, uh, you know, no, uh, dismissal of Baltimore, you know, they're a really good team, and, You know, as we know, they can get hot really, really fast. And um, but, you know, I just didn't expect this, you know, 37 to 20 against Baltimore. Yeah. What what was your
1: takeaway watching it? It was I mean, and they got us both because we thought that, you know, we acknowledge that the Patriots really haven't played anybody. But we still thought they'd be able to come off and stop and stop uh, Lamar Jackson. But I mean, he came out. I texted Steven because Steven has him on his fantasy team. And I texted Steven after the first couple drives. And I was like, dude, is Lamar really about to do this to the Patriots defense? Like (laughs) he doesn't care who they are or what they are. He's going to just do the same thing he's done the whole time. So it's a it's a it's a knock on the Patriots uh, schedule till now. But it's also a credit to Lamar Jackson and uh, John Harbaugh and, and what they're doing up in Baltimore. This Lamar Jackson, I think we've made the comparison a couple times on this show already, but Lamar Jackson, barring any kind of catastrophic setback, I think is going to be exactly what we all needed and wanted when Michael Vick came into the league. If he yeah, would have exa- just, absolutely, if he would have just stayed out of trouble and and stayed in the league, we're finally going to get to see what we've been yearning for ever <laughs> since Vick got kicked out of the league. Like we've been needing this. And Lamar Jackson is, is dazzling. He's in the race for the MVP right now. I still think uh, Russell Wilson is in the lead. But, quarterback, and Russell Wilson's another one that led that, that whole new trend with quarterbacks. But Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, all these kids are doing really well. So, yes, the Patriots haven't played anybody. Um, but Lamar really took it to them. No matter who they are, it's still a professional football game. And it's going to be tough. And Lamar made it seem as easy as it can get. It
0: was so bizarre to me, even coming from me, from someone who didn't really, you know, who was not a huge football follower at the time, but even I knew that Lamar Jackson should have been drafted earlier than he did. Like, it was blowing my mind that he kept falling and falling in the first round and ended up being the last pick of the first round. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And like, as soon as that pick was made, I was like, this is going to be something that the rest of these teams passing on him are easily going to regret like I I I didn't understand it at the time like you know he wasn't you know I understand how he wasn't like consent like unanimously the the top quarterback in the draft but that's bizarre to me that we're that we that he fell all the way to the bottom of the round
1: yeah I just don't think that That there's a lot of stock And it's like I said Barring a catastrophic setback Because when you're that mobile As a quarterback There's always a chance For a catastrophic setback I mean look at Cam Newton Cam Newton was uh, Number one pick I want to say overall When he came in And everyone thought that He was the second coming Of Michael Vick And I do love Cam Newton I I really like him as a quarterback um, But being that mobile Comes with its consequences You're going to get hit You're going to get hurt And now he's on IR So I think that was the big fear with Lamar Jackson is that all the teams that were drafting early with the exception of the Chiefs were instantly drafting for somebody that they could start right away. And uh, the Ravens didn't think that that's what they needed or, or the early teams didn't think that they could start Lamar Jackson right away. And honestly, if Joe Flacco hadn't got hurt, the Ravens, I don't think, would have been starting Lamar Jackson even right now, and which is... It's lucky for him, and it sucks for Joe, but but uh, but it's lucky for Lamar. So I get it. I understand why they waited on him. It doesn't mean that they were right, but but uh, I understand the the thought process there. But yeah, man, he he that kid is phenomenal. I love watching him play.
0: Oh yeah, he's like one of the most entertaining players, like probably number two behind uh, Patrick Mahomes for me, because I fucking love just watching him play. Like it's. Like I don't know how to put it. like he's he's going to be the next face of the league like along with Patrick Mahomes he's going to be a part of the next QB um, I guess like rivalry across the entire league he's going to be one of the faces of that for the next decade.
1: Yeah, and he he had seventeen completions, but he also had sixteen rushing. He had one more rushing attempt than their lead back, albeit he had yeah. half the yardage. But he still sixty one rushing touch or sixty one rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He ran, he only threw the ball for one hundred sixty three yards and uh and they were still able to to beat the patriots handedly. Now, this is not the last time that they see each other because they could very well those two losses on the Ravens schedule I think are going to keep them out of complete home field advantage, out of the number 1 seed. Um so if Pat Mahomes isn't isn't able to get the Chiefs back to the number 2, the Baltimore Ravens could end up seeing the Patriots at home later on this season. So they shouldn't They shouldn't take this and and automatically think that they're better than them because we all know Tom Brady in the postseason is a completely different beast. Uh, But it is Mm -hmm. very exciting to see how they do from here on out. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't all Lamar Jackson.
0: I mean, like you said, he had half of the the running backs' rushing yards. Mark Ingram also had 115 yards. And their defense was also uh, pretty on top of things as well, including an interception return for a touchdown. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. And they had did they, st- huh, you know what? I can't I I can't believe I didn't check, but I didn't notice if they they did. They did start Marcus Peters. So they just did a trade for him and they were right. able to bring him in. He had seven tackles and one assisted tackle. So he instantly he led the the team in tackles actually in his first game there. So they this was an already good defense who just got a lot better by adding a Pro Bowl cornerback. Do you
0: think that um, do you think it's still going to be Patriots Kansas City or has this game changed your mind uh,
1: n- uh, yeah I think it's still going to be Patriots Kansas City I think once look I love Lamar Jackson and you know what if anybody if any team in there gets shifted out it's going to be the Patriots I would, I would bet more money on it being Chiefs and Baltimore than Baltimore and New England uh, mm. I think I think when Pat Mahomes comes back, he's he's gonna come back hungry and with a vengeance. And listen, the kid's been hurt for two or three weeks, but we can't forget about him. That I mean, he was already on another MVP campaign trail, and uh, and he's gonna come back just just anxious to get the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Me too. I think so too. <clears throat> okay. All right. So. Um with a couple of quarterback changes that were made this, uh, today. And, uh, I think they were both made today, actually. Um, who do you like moving forward? Nick Foles returning for the Jaguars or Kyle Allen staying quarterback for the Panthers?
1: Um, in terms of what they're going to do in terms of what they could do for the rest of the season, I prefer Nick Foles with the Jaguars simply because that, That uh, conference is Or that division I'm sorry Is there for the taking Uh, Kyle Mm -hmm. Allen on the other hand Is in a division with Drew Brees Who is absolutely going to win it And I don't think that a wild card Is going to come out of anywhere But the NFC West Which is It might even be both Both wild cards come out of there With the Rams and the uh, Seahawks So Yeah uh, I I don't think that Kyle and, And I like Kyle Allen I think he's He's doing pretty well but I I think Nick Foles is going to be able to take his team further. And, uh, and this is from somebody who still to this day thinks that Nick Foles is a phony, but uh, but, uh, I was
0: going to ask you, I was going to ask you that next. Were you happy? Were you, if you were Jacksonville, would you have done this or would you have stuck with Minshew?
1: No, I'd go back to Nick Foles. I, I love, I love Gardner Minshew. I really like the person that he is and the way that he's able to handle everything that's going around him in like such a hectic environment. Um, and still go out there and, and compose himself and win some games, or always be in contention to win games. I like what he's done, but you're paying Nick Foles fifty million dollars. Like you're you're gonna get your money's worth. And hell, in the in the tiny small sample size that that Nick Foles gave you, he threw a bomb of a touchdown and then got hurt. Like he just left so much to be wanted. And he's a Super Bowl MVP. You you gotta go with Nick Foles. You just have to.
0: And so now. With Minshew, do you just do you just keep him and wait until Foles is no longer productive, or do you try to assess his trade value, or what do they do from here regarding Minshew?
1: I'd keep him. I'd keep him because he wasn't a uh, who. I mean, shit. I can say Kyle Allen. He wasn't a Kyle Allen. He wasn't a Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't win every single game, so I don't think his trade value is gonna be that high to a team that actually. I mean, when we think about teams that need quarterbacks, it's probably the Bengals, the Dolphins, the – not not the – really? Everybody else has – oh, the Bucks maybe, the Titans. But they're all going to potentially get that quarterback in the draft because they will have a terrible season for the rest of the year. They're going to – and that's why they're not too worried about it because they're planning on drafting somebody. (laughs) None of those teams – are going to want to trade for Gardner, so you're not really going to get somebody some big bang for your buck because really all the def- all the Jacksonville Jaguars need is on defense. Um, mm-hmm. So you keep him in, in, in hopes that you don't need to play him, but at least you know that if if Nick Foles goes down, you have a safety blanket and a guy that already knows how to run your offense and run it efficiently and that everybody in the locker room loves. you got to keep him. I don't think they're going to look to trade him.
0: If Minshew was in – knowing what we know now about Minshew, if he was in next year's draft, where do you think he would be taken?
1: Ooh, I still don't think he would be taken above the guys that are going to go first. Um, we're talking – Do you think he still has first-round
0: value or or beyond that?
1: No, I don't think so. I think even if – even with this sample size, I think he'd go <coughs> second-round tops. I don't think he goes okay. as a first-round quarterback. Okay, do you think that Cam Newton has played his last game for Carolina? I do. Uh, sadly, I really, really do. Um, they could have waited. They don't have a glaring necessity on their on their on their roster. The only reason for them to put him on IR would be if you wanted to sign somebody else to the team, and you needed a roster spot, which they don't absolutely need, or if you wanted to preserve whatever value he still has. To be able to trade him later uh, because I think he's owed 19 million I, I don't quote me but I think he's owed 19 million and none of that is guaranteed so they could trade him release him I think they're going to trade him because he is still a former MVP and a Super Bowl quarterback not Super Bowl winning but a Super Bowl quarterback um, and they're uh, him on the contrary he's actually the exact opposite of Gardner Minshew there are teams out there like the Titans, not the Dolphins because they want to build in the draft, but, like, the Titans, the Bengals, the Broncos, those guys would love to trade for a quarterback like that who is established and who they don't have to worry about rebuilding. So I, I yeah. do think he's played his last game uh, in the silver and blue.
0: Yeah, next year he is owed $18.6 million, but only $2 million is guaranteed. Oh, there you go. <gasps> <clears throat> okay, so you mentioned um, – You mentioned Tennessee. Do you think that's the likely destination for him? I do.
1: I I think so. Um, The rumors were that he was going to get traded to the Denver Broncos, but I think the the easiest spot to fill would be in Tennessee because he is what they wanted Marcus Mariota to be. Marcus Mariota is like a Cam Newton junior. Marcus Mariota came out of Oregon. I loved him coming out of Oregon. I, I really still like the guy. I wish that he could just get a better line and, and and better opportunities going forward, but he was a quarterback with a decent arm and a, and a, a good size to him and a and a decent mobility to him. Cam Newton is that times two, so I think that that's the easiest offense for him to fit into. He mm-hmm. has a big, strong running back behind him in Tennessee and a couple of receivers who are just waiting for their breakouts and a dependable tight end, which we know that he's used to in, in Carolina with Greg Olsen. Uh, in Tennessee, they have Delaney Walker as long as he can stay healthy, and uh, we'll see what Jonah, Jonah Smith can do for the rest of the year. But I think that that is the most logical transfer for him. I'm not sure that that's exactly what's going to happen, but I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's the smartest move. So, calling it now, head to head, going into next year's training camp, Cam Newton versus Ryan Tannehill. Versus Ryan Tannehill. Who'd have thought that that would ever happen? <laughs> and poor, poor and Mariota. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands too. Do, the, does Cam Newton – Does Carolina really have to move on
0: from him? Because Kyle Allen, you know, he he hasn't been terrible, but if you if you can. If you can tell yourself that you're going into next year with a healthy Cam Newton, why not keep him and, you know, bench Kyle Allen or see what you could get for him instead?
1: Well, because they've, they've told themselves that they're going into the past two or three years with a healthy Cam Newton. And to be honest with you, as great of a guy and, uh, and, uh, and, and player, quarterback that he is, he the best ability is availability, and Cam Newton just has not been the same since his MVP year. And I think that for the Carolina Panthers, if there's ever going to be a time to reload at the quarterback position, it's right now when you have a kid who isn't so much a rookie. He's been there and he's had some experience. Um, but And he's not—he's also not a veteran, but he knows the game and he has confidence now. Like He knows that he can lead this team. And it's a player who the team is already behind and they've already meshed with and they've gone and they know that he can lead them to victories. So right now it's just if if not now when really for Carolina what, are you gonna wait for another injury, unfortunately for Mm-mm. for Cam Newton or or it's just logical for them to if they're gonna ever move on it's got to be right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right then, I'll let you expand on this Josh Gordon bullet that you added oh to our agenda. Oh my goodness. Okay. You told me a little bit about it during the week, so yeah. I'll let you do the honors of explaining what's going on here.
1: So, and this is going to be off or not because it didn't work for them. But the idea of it was so genius, it's mind-blowing. Okay, I'll try to word it as as unconfusingly, I guess, if that's even a word, as possible. <laughs> um, so, a player in the NFL who has less than four years of accrued time in the NFL will automatically go to waivers no matter what. Now, for those of you that don't know... There's a difference between being a free agent and being subject to waivers. When you're a free agent, you can go to the highest bidder. You can go to whatever team wants you and you have your pick of the litter. When you're subject to waivers, every team has to wait their turn until the team in front of them decides to pass on you. And those teams go in order from worst to best at the given time that you're put to waivers, right? So, rookies and 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 novices with less than 4 years of accrued time will always go to waivers no matter what time of the year it is. If they're cut, they're going to waivers. Now, veterans vested veterans with more with 4 or more years of accrued time in the NFL will always be free agents unless they get cut anywhere from the trade deadline to the end of the regular season. They could get cut anywhere from January or February to September or October, but as and they'll be free agents. But if they are cut in that small window, they too will be subject to waivers. <laughs> now the New England Patriots knew this and they knew that they had a, a player who is a phenomenal wide receiver, but they also wanted to fill another spot. So Josh Gordon gets hurt and he immediately and they put him on, on injured reserve. Injured reserve means that he is he is he can't play for that team for eight weeks. Josh Gordon knew that he wasn't that hurt, so he wanted them to release him. He said, I, I I can play. I know I can play in less than eight weeks. Like, I want to play. Just cut me so I can go somewhere else. But this was a week before the trade deadline. If they were to cut him, he could go wherever he wanted. So they waited until hours after the trade deadline was over. And sorry, before that, they also signed his replacement. They put him on injured reserve so that he wouldn't take up a roster spot, but they could still hold him for a second. Then they sign his replacement, Mohamed Sanu, Mm -hmm. get him on the team, and then they wait for the trade deadline. Once the trade deadline comes, then a few hours later or maybe a half a day later or whatever, they inform Josh Gordon that they're releasing him. When the team cuts you, you're not on their injured reserve anymore. So you're not on an injured reserve anymore. If you pass a physical, you can play. But they subjected him to waivers. And the top 10 teams, it was amazing that he ended up where he did. Because the top 10 teams, I'm not going to list them in perfect order, but some of the top 10 teams were Dolphins, Bengals, Jets, Steelers, like
0: all of these teams, I mean, it, it looks it looks a lot like if you just did reverse the order of the standings. Exactly, right? like, yeah, put, it is. Like yeah, pretty it's,
1: close to it. All these terrible, terrible teams had first dibs on Josh Gordon. The Patriots knew that that's what it was going to happen, so they waited until after the trade deadline so that he wouldn't go to a contender and they would never have to see him on the field against them. That is such. An evil master like Mojo Jojo evil Plan. Like, I, <laughs> I can't believe that he thought of that. Like well, I guess I can believe it. I just can't believe that it took me so long to realize what was going on. But and and like I said, this is all for not because for some fucking reason or the or another, all those teams did pass on him and he ended up in Seattle and possibly the worst place that the Patriots could could hope for him to end up. In Seattle at with the M- the leading MVP candidate right now. And as we've been saying, one of our predicted teams to make the Super Bowl from the N- NFC. So there's got to be something else there. Because, I mean, yeah, those bad teams passing them. But also teams like the Cowboys, the Eagles, mm-hmm. the the Saints, I think, ended up passing on them. I'm not sure if they were ranked above
0: them or not. I think yeah. Seattle was just like second to last on the waiver. Yeah, line. I want
1: to like, say they were ranked 28 or something like that. Like, like he almost like fell that, back yeah. to the Patriots. <laughs> they almost had another <laughs> chance to pick him back up, but I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. He, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm assuming that he must have popped on something. I don't know. I don't know why or what. Because another thing is that they only had to. They only. He was only owed a million dollars this year. So the Seattle Seahawks get Josh Gordon, uh, potentially all pro talent, for a million dollars. And then, if he leaves in March as a free agent, doesn't want to re-sign they get a compensatory draft pick from the NFL. So they basically oh, really? yeah, so they're just basically paying a, a, a million dollars for another draft pick. Like it's a win-win all around. I don't I need to do so much I I'm, I'm like racking my brain about it since it happened. I don't get it. I don't get why everybody passed on him. But now he's like I said with Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, like he this Seattle Seahawks team is a dangerous dangerous team and I'll talk about them again in a later segment, but it's probably the worst nightmare for Bill Belichick, and this is exactly what he was trying to avoid.
0: Yeah, because even if he can be just, like, a serviceable fourth receiver for them, like, that's already way more bang for their buck because, you know, just to get a guy off of the waiver wire, a guy who, you know, has had his troubled past, but, you know, when he can play, he can fucking play. And, you know, you pair him up with who is probably the leading MVP favorite in Russell Wilson and um you know and he already has you know the other you know receivers who you know defenses already had to worry enough about defending them and now you add Josh Gordon and if Josh Gordon can come back and even be you know half of who he's been in the past you know then that's that is real trouble for the rest of the league and could be trouble that could bite the Patriots if they were to meet up in the Super Bowl again.
1: Yeah and that's that's looking like it's like it's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and part of me wants to laugh because of how evil Bill Belichick is. And then part of me wants to laugh because of how bad it's probably going to end up biting him in the ass. Like, yeah, no matter what he couldn't avoid this happening. And it was, it's crazy to me.
0: There's a, it reminds
1: me of what the heat
0: did with Chris Bosch. Whenever Chris Bosch had to retire because of his blood clots mm-hmm. Um, they there's a certain day in NBA season where after you're cut, you can't sign with another team. I think it, it, it's like March something. I can't remember what the day is, But um, you know, anybody can sign with any team, you know, leading up until the day of the playoffs. But if you were, if you were cut from a team before this specific date that I'm forgetting, you can't sign with anybody. And, you know, Chris Bosch was insistent on him uh, still being able to play, being able to overcome his blood clot issue that, um, you know, Miami didn't trust it, but they thought to themselves, like, you know, just what if, what if he actually is able to overcome? I'd rather deal with that next year than this year. So they cut him after the deadline so that way he wouldn't
1: be picked up by anybody else. Wow. Yeah, see, it's, it's stuff like that that, it's it's like it's just been put aside and it's not utilized enough for us to realize that that's a possibility. And then when it does happen, it's it's just it's evil genius. There's no other way to describe <laughs> it. These people are, they, it's people that have been there for a long time, been there, done that, and and know exactly what they're doing. And it's awesome to see those kinds of moves being called, being pulled. And it's even better when it works out for the player, um, mm-hmm. because I do like Josh Gordon and I do hope he. However, I will say this is that Seattle was one of the worst places for him to end up not Seahawks, Seattle, because uh, marijuana is legal in the state of Washington. (laughs) And it's still not legal for – or I wouldn't say legal, but still not allowed by the NFL. So it's going to be really, really hard for him to to stay clean in Seattle. Yeah,
0: that's bullshit. If you're in a state that allows it, you should be able to do it Mm -hmm. and just – just hold on to your receipts so you can show the league you smoked it while you're in that state.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm totally for that, but I don't know if old Roger Goodell is gonna be, gonna be down with that. So I guess it's something that we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, Roger Goodell never knows what the fuck he's doing. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, that guy soon. sucks. I hate him.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Fantasy. You
0: said that you lost. Uh, don't really know what that feels like because I finally back in the win column this. Wow. This week. What, what's your record now? <laughs> Uh, I am five and four. <laughs> five, <laughs> I am okay. I am sixth out of
1: twelve. <laughs> I'm the reverse of that. I'm four and five, but I'm still seventh out of twelve. And the uh it's funny because in our league the last like six places and this is not an exaggeration, the last like six or seven places are only separated by like a game or a game and a half. Like it's Oh really? It, and then our last place team, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but whoever gets last place. Everybody else in the league gets to pick a bumper sticker to put on their car for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so it, everyone, I think it's become more of a I don't want to get last place than it is I want to win. Like, we're, we're just all trying to stay away from the bottom of the barrel there. That's hilarious. Now, in my league,
0: there is a five way tie for five and four. Wow. And, the, and then it pretty much, you know, dips away after that. You know, there's a clear number one and, uh, no, it's actually two people tied for number one who are ahead of the pack and then one person who's one and eight. And so, um, so yeah, no, so pretty much, uh, and I think in our league, the top eight make it into the playoffs. So, uh, there's still a lot more, uh, cloud that needs to be cleared up before we get an understanding of what the playoff picture is. I would be surprised if I'd make it into the playoffs because, you know, I was To be honest, I wasn't paying full attention during the draft. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no. Let's see. This week, this week I started um, Cam Newton's future competition, Ryan Tannehill, and he actually got <laughs> me a good amount of points.
1: Wow, that was ballsy.
0: I, well, I mean, it was either that or Trubisky because. Oh yeah, Matt okay. Ra- never mind. That was fun. Yeah, because <laughs> my, re- my regular starter is Matt Ryan, but he was he had a bye week.
1: Yeah.
0: And so. Um, you know, and then Gallup Gallup was a little below expectations But still, you know, scored enough To keep me distance And then, um, my fill-in For, uh, running back I picked up, ever since Kerry and Johnson from the Lions went to IR I picked up his backup, uh, J.D. McKissick And he, um Last week just did three points For me, but this week did 16 Oh, and there so, you go Yeah, so that, that was definitely a saving grace For me, but, um uh, I wish I could say that for this week, but I don't know how well things are gonna go for me this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I on the other hand had a terrible week. Uh my two receivers, Robbie Anderson and Tyrell Williams, combined for a whopping twelve <coughs> points. Uh <laughs> however, I did pick up Jalen Samuels once I heard that Connor Connor uh or James Connor was hurt with the with the Steelers. And Jalen Samuels got me twenty points. It would have been twenty two, but he fumbled at the end of the game. Um uh, I made a trade though. I traded away Austin Eckler. Uh I traded Oh away- did you? Yeah, I traded away Austin Eckler and Cortland Sutton and I got back T. Y. Hilton and Joe Mixon. Now, you may think that I'm a sucker for going for Joe Mixon, but and I have the text receipts to prove this if anybody wanna challenges me. Wants to I challenge actually
0: me. like that kinda.
1: Okay, well <laughs> the only reason I went for Mixon was because I already had a trade in place with someone else for Odell Beckham. Uh-huh. i told them if i could get you joe mixon would you give me odell beckham because odell beckham has such a savory savory playoff uh schedule for us and which is also the same reason why i wanted ty hilton now ty hilton got hurt three to four weeks is what they were saying but really that's all i need him for anyways i don't need him right now i need him in in the three to four weeks from now yeah um, so uh so i talked to this other guy he said he wanted joe mixon he'd give me OBJ. So I, I did the deal. I never, I try to never do a trade without another trade in place. Um, Austin Eckler, and, and it's not a complete robbery because Austin Eckler still scored 15 or 16 points this week, but Melvin Gordon scored 29. They got rid of that OC who blatantly said that he wanted to stray from the passing game and go more to running. And I knew yeah. it. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's about <laughs> to hit this rock. And then, uh, and then Cortland Sutton. Obviously Joe Flacco is now on IR so Courtney Sutton is working with some no name and I'll give you ten dollars if you can give me the name of the Broncos quarterback and you can't do it. Like the Bronco- no one knows who the hell is starting for the Broncos right now except for Broncos fans. And uh and Shit. and so,
0: I don't even know who that is.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I don't either. I, I would have to look it up. But I traded him away because he's been consistent and but now he's gonna well, probably go to the crapshoot, I'm not sure. Um but in in, in their place I got T Y and L B J so I think I'm doing mm-hmm. Doing okay. It's it's a gonna be a tight run, but I think I'm doing okay. What I'm what I was trying to do today is straight away Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb <laughs> is the number six ranked court, uh, running back right now. He's averaging twenty three points a game, but Kareem Hunt is coming back this week, and all through the season I didn't think it was gonna happen. Maybe I'm just getting cold feet, but I, I'm 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 scared that Kareem Hunt is gonna take some time from Nick Chubb. And so I was trying. I was thinking about getting rid of him, but I think I'm just gonna roll with him. Uh, Jalen Samuels. Hopefully, James Conner is okay. to is okay for life, but hopefully he doesn't come back this year. <laughs> so Jalen Samuels could be another good guy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everything's looking good. If you do have Nick Chubb though, and your trade deadline hasn't passed yet, I would definitely try to deal him for a for a running back that's a sure shot that you know is not gonna have to be contending for uh, for carries. Seahawks 49ers has to be the game of the week next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. You know damn well that's the game of the week. And you want to know why? We've been trying to call this for weeks, but I think it's finally going to happen. The 49ers are going to lose at home. I think they're playing at home. At home against the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, it's at home for them.
1: Yeah, no. Russell Wilson's going to come in there, show them what's what. They're going to ride high on they're the only undefeated team left. And no no uh no knocks on Nick Bosa and that and that uh 49ers defense but Russell Wilson is a different creature and now he has an animal on his receiving core. He's been looking for a star receiver since he lost Doug Baldwin and go uh I can't remember who it was before that. But he's had receivers that he could that he could count on that were big bodied receivers. Tyler Lockett, he can count on, but he's a smaller kind of guy. Uh, DK Metcalf is just coming into his own. So Russell Wilson has now Josh Gordon on his team. Uh, Chris Carson has been rolling. Russell Wilson seems like he found another tight end in. Uh, I think his name's Jacob Hollister. I'm not sure what his first name is, but I know his last name's Hollister. Um, these guys are just going to come in. At full of steam, and they're, they're, they're going to go over this this 49ers defense. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be a runaway game, though. I, I want to say – oh, by the way, I want to highlight what I the scores that I called last week. I said that – I called the game of the week, but then I said I almost went with the Lions and Raiders. I thought it would be 31-27, and it ended up being 31-24. So I was pretty close on that one. That was also a candidate for oh, game yeah. of the week. But I do think that this game – Seahawks, I want to say we'll win 28-24, uh, maybe something along those lines. Uh, but I, I, but I do yeah, think the I'm on this.
0: Out. I'm on the same page too. I think Seattle is going to win this. Um, however, if San Francisco wins this, we we're we're kind of obligated to make room for them in our conference championship predictions aren't we
1: yeah yeah i feel like they're like the red-headed stepbrother that i just keep pushing aside <laughs> but i feel like if if they can pull this win out if they can pull this win out with no controversy or anything like that i'm going to be yeah we're go- we're going to be forced to just consider them at least consider them <laughs> <laughs> forced to consider them yeah. forced to <laughs> Yeah, because I'm still not ready to say that they're the favorite, but I'll consider it.
0: Yeah, forced to maybe think about the possibility of maybe putting them into the (laughs) NFC Conference Championship. Yeah, (laughs) about what if they got to the (laughs) NFC Conference Championship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, then. Okay, well, let's move on to basketball now. Um, Oh, our Spurs. Yeah, did not do too hot. Um... You and I were half right. Mm-hmm. We, I said they would lose to the Lakers, and you said they would lose to the Clippers, and we were both right. Yeah. <laughs> and <then> they won. <laughs> and then they, and then they won against Golden State, a Golden State who we'll talk about in a little bit that's severely crippled right now. But um, yeah, going up against these teams, I actually felt pretty good about the way that it turned out. Both of those games were very close. Mm -hmm. Um, DeJounte is still putting up big numbers, even on a minutes restriction. And I think that, uh, one, whenever DeJounte is able to play freely, that'll really change things. Two, once Derek White can, you know, stop trying to focus so much on being a cog in the system and actually, you know, take... Take shots and you know, you know, be a little bit more selfish with it. And three, once DeRozan and Aldridge get out of whatever slump they're in, you know, they actually, you know, things will be looking obviously a whole lot better for them. But I think it, I think it really means a lot to show that even with those um, things going on with them, they were still able to make it very competitive between the Clippers and Lakers.
1: Yeah, I think uh, they lost by like six to the Clippers and seven to the Lakers, or the other way around. But yeah. And and uh-huh. and that is with 18 turnovers against the Clippers. We you can't. I don't care who you are, you can't expect to win a game when you turn the ball over 18 times. Like I understand.
0: They've, yeah, they've they've had a really bad habit of turning the ball over early. I don't know if that's just gelling with the new players or what, but yeah, that's been that's been a trend in the the game so far.
1: I think it is though. I don't think it's it's cause for concern. I think it's all right. We'll get it down. We'll get it together. Um, but. I think, and Pop and multiple players, I want to say, within the organization have said the same thing, and it's not a knock on this guy, but I think Derek White just has to stop worrying so much. Like, stop trying to be so careful and precise and just do it. We all know you can do it. We all know you can put up the numbers. And Pop said he just needs to be more like Ginobili. Like, just go in. Like, Ginobili didn't give a fuck what was happening. Ginobili ran in and contorted his body and introduced a whole new move into the NBA. Like the he, Derek White has the capabilities to do it. I just don't think he has all the confidence yet that he needs.
0: Yeah. And, you know, not only that, but, um, so far the Spurs have shown that it's really, really hard to overcome bad games from Demar and LaMarcus Against that game against the Lakers, they lost by seven, and Lamarcus had eight and five, and Demar had fourteen and seven, wow. and you know that's that. I mean that's clearly not enough. I mean you know Dejounte was able to make up for that and make it competitive in the fourth quarter. He really broke out, and in twenty four minutes he had eighteen and eleven. Uh, Rudy Gay had sixteen, Derek White had twelve, uh, Brent Forbes had twelve too, but with you know, these are the guys that, you know, we're counting on. Is DeMar and LaMarcus. And um I mean, it's only it's only what like 6 games into the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not too much to fret about, but I mean, I think that I think we're at a really pivotal point with the Spurs where it doesn't really it may not feel like it, but I think it is. I think we're getting to the point where we're starting to see that decisions have to be made this year or maybe next summer, about what exactly they want to do with DeMar and LaMarcus and whether these guys are really the ones that they want to um, continue on for the next few years in the Spurs. Do they really want these guys to be leading the pack in San Antonio? Because, to me, uh, even though they still have more to show, I think that, you know, just starting over, starting a team over from scratch, I would rather have DeJounte and Derek... Than Demar and Lamarcus, I think mm-hmm. they've gotten to the. I think I've gotten to the point where, I mean, it may just be my fandom being, you know, me just being really high on Dejounte and Derek, but I really think that they're that important to the team, and I think, DeMar- I think we have to decide whether or not the, DeRozan and Aldridge can really hang with them, and are, should they be the guys leading the pack? And you know, these are guys who have been used to carrying teams and being the front line of offenses their whole careers and uh we need to figure out a way to either you know blend them all together or try to get a get them to take a back seat to those guys and i don't know how you really do that but yeah i don't know. i no, think i'm with I you mean, on
1: that uh i i think that obviously damar and, La- and lamarcus are great players they really are and they have, when they're on, man, they're on, and, and there's hardly anybody that can contend. Um, but sooner or later, DeJounte and Derek are going to need to know how to win without them, whether it be because they're doing load management and they're not in the game because they're older or because they're in a trade or they went free agent or they did something else. DeJounte and Derek are... For all intents and purposes, the the future of the franchise. Um, so I think if it's gonna happen, we might as well focus on them now. If it comes, if it were to come down to, because we don't know if it's going to, but if it were to come down to, personally for us, I think what we're saying is if it comes down to them two, or Damar and Lamarcus, yeah, 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 I, I'm down with going with with the kids because we're gonna need them to do it on their own soon, anyways.
0: Um, Kind of a weird stat line that I wanted to read, weird but interesting, is that DeJounte is averaging over 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals in under 25 minutes a game. And he's the only player in NBA history to put up that line in such limited minutes.
1: Really? twelve? What was it, 12 yeah. points? what?
0: 12, 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals in under 25 minutes. Under,
1: okay, so here's my question. Do you think that his minute restrictions is going anywhere this season like do you think that that's going to go away and if so when
0: yeah i think it is and and probably sometime soon because uh, i remember um pop had mentioned before that he did want to um start him off on the minutes restriction but then start thinking about uh letting him go for a little bit longer around like i think he said around game 10 or 12 or something like that and, um, just, um, slowly easing him in. I don't know how, I don't know at what point they're going to let him, uh, play the back-to-backs whenever they come up. Um, they had one, um, last week with, the uh, Clippers and Golden State. He sat out the Golden State game, and, um, I think, uh, I think we're going to start seeing that pretty soon, because I think, um, you know, it's kind of a, I think he said by increments, just, like, by, like, By, like, game 10 or 12, he'll add, like, another five minutes. And then, you know, later on in the season, he'll add another five and, you know, see where he's at then. But uh, I think definitely by the end of the year, we're going to see full-on DeJounte.
1: I also don't want to – I'm all for all the praise in DeJounte, Derek, and and these guys. But I also don't want to disrespect my boy Patty Mills by not mentioning that he dropped 31 points (laughs) on Golden State the other night. I don't think he's done – has he done that ever for us? Has he ever scored that much off the bench?
0: I don't think so. Let me look it up because I don't believe I don't think so either. So.
1: I think this was like his, his highest scoring off the bench. But, and I, I also kind of feel like we may have overlooked him and, and maybe Rudy Gay or, or maybe a couple of other players when we're thinking about sixth, sixth man of the year. Now, nah, I get it. Okay, it was one game with 31 points. But the difference that he makes when he's on the court like he's an enigma dude he like he he comes in and he hypes everybody up he does what he has to do and he's got the experience to be able to distribute the ball when he has to and take it when he needs to and uh and he's he's just he's an X factor for our team whenever we need somebody like that the
0: last time there have been two other instances when he scored more back in the championship year 2014 he scored 32 and 2 years before that in 2012 in his first year with the Spurs he put up 34 but granted i think those were in way more time yeah the 34 was put up in 42 minutes the 32 was put up in 35 minutes and this 35 was uh, this 31 that he just put up against golden state was in 22 minutes
1: wow damn i mean he was just straight ch-
0: he was just straight chucking it yeah. in that golden yeah. state game and for good reason. I mean, he's knocking him down. I mean, shooters shoot, you can't tell him no whenever he's got it on. Exactly. And um, I think um, unrelated to their performance on the floor, have you noticed a, 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 a hidden message in these Tony Parker
1: tributes that they've been posting on social media? Dude, I, I haven't noticed a hidden message, but I've noticed that they just keep posting them
0: they're incorporating more and more fiesta colors in that and it's really it's really it's it it's building up this rumor that on the night that they retire his jersey which is next monday um they're gonna debut fiesta jerseys i don't know if that's true or not but
1: dude i literally i literally and this is gonna sound super cheesy but i literally got like a quick set of chills when you said that (laughs) <laughs> I have been waiting for the Spurs to do that. As I'm sure we all have, we've been waiting for the Spurs to to just do a throwback Fiesta color. The if it's a jersey, even if it's just a night where you paint the court back to the Fiesta colors. Oh my god, that would be so amazing. And those those jerseys would sell out so fast if they were jerseys. I hope so.
0: And um you know, no no disrespect to the troops, but those camo jerseys have got to go. Yeah, yeah. and and there was a post. Uh, let me see. When was this? When was this uh, uploaded? It was on NBA.com from from today. Actually, it said that November 9th, uh, this Saturday against the Celtics is going to be another military game. They wear the camo jerseys, but they have another little nugget in there that says that this is going to be the team's final year of wearing camo-themed jerseys.
1: That's for the Spurs?
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, going to be the last year that they're wearing camo jerseys. So, so
1: we're saying that they're going to completely switch out the alternate with the uh, Fiesta colors? Is that what we're going to?
0: I feel like this is what's to come. I mean, it, I mean, it would make sense if they were... I don't know if this was like a contract obligation or something to wear these camo jerseys, but it would make sense on the year that they're phasing them out is to build up the, you know, the Fiesta jersey merchandise. Wow. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my friend in San Antonio, Adam Luna, who said that, uh, who posted on Twitter saying that at the local Spurs shop at La Cantera, that they're going to have a lot more Fiesta themed stuff on the way, mm-hmm. and they didn't say no when he asked about basketball
1: jerseys. Oh, yes, dude. Yes. They, I they, did see that they were coming out with a clothing line, like a, an apparel yeah, they line can't. for the Fiesta colors. But, oh, my God. Just so much money would be spent on those Fiesta jerseys so fast. Yeah, they would make a killing. It makes zero sense why they haven't done this already. Just, like,
0: these will be the fastest selling Spurs jerseys in history. Yep. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah, and, and, and like you said, no disrespect to the troops or anything, and I understand that san antonio is a is a heavily heavy 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 military city um mm-hmm. so i do I, it's not that i don't like the jerseys i just the kid in me and the nostalgia and the like love of of the game and the love of the team just begs for <laughs> for some kind of throwback <laughs> yeah. jersey like some kind of throwback period like i said even if it's a if it's a fiesta night or something in April or whatever, yeah. and, you, and you turn the court back to those colors. Like God, it would be so awesome. So I, I and, hope, uh, I hope what, everybody that you're talking about that has cited this is completely right. I, I really do. And and
0: why I specified basketball jerseys was because the the La Cantera employees told him that there was going to be baseball style jerseys. To which he asked about basketball, and that was they didn't deny it outright. So I'm going to assume that they're on the way. And did you notice too that um. About the two K leak, did you see that? No, I didn't. I um I retweeted it so you can just go down my timeline and see it. But um two the NBA two K has been notorious about leaking teams jerseys to come out this year, and there was a screen grab of Demar in what looks like a Fiesta jersey. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I'll 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 send it to you so you can see, but um yeah no I think uh, the signs are pointing to that being on the way so hopefully hopefully that's actually true cause these ones especially these on what are supposedly the 2k screenshot these um, these look really really fucking good like if these are in fact the jerseys I am like lining up to buy everybody's jersey in this color I'll wear a fucking Drew Eubanks jersey at this
1: design did you do you okay you sent it to me yeah oh perfect oh yeah dude <laughs> uh, yeah that's awesome mike forbes are we oh no no i thought that was somebody related to Bryn. um oh uh, no no, no. <laughs> yeah that'd be great man I, I would buy that so fast even if they had something like with a or like if they had something with the outline of the alamo or something like that that would be amazing
0: yeah yeah so we'll wait and see but hopefully by monday we have some answers Okay, let me see. Who? Um, let me see. Let me look up their schedule and see. Well, right now they're playing against Atlanta. Uh, I haven't checked the score. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta right now.
1: Uh, they um, they were up. It's a close game. They're up. Oh yeah, uh, they're, they're up I by one here. Second.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right then. So, let me see. It's uh, the fifth. So we're gonna be recording probably on the twelfth. So uh, of next week. So in that time, they're gonna play. They're in Atlanta. At home against the Thunder, Celtics, and Grizzlies. This is a much more favorable schedule than it was this past week. Um, I mean, I think they have a pretty good shot at going the whole 4-0. and Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah.
1: I was going to say 4-0, and but just because I got smacked in the mouth with my prediction last week, I'm going to go ahead and say 3-1. and
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to who? To who? Who's the loss going to be against? Uh, to... Night tonight against the Hawks. Tonight against the Hawks. Wow. But I think we have short. the three game
1: homestand. I think we and sh- the three at home.
0: They're short, uh, John Collins. Did you see that news about John Collins in Atlanta? I did not, no. The third guy this year to be suspended for steroids. It's weird. Wow,
1: really? Yeah, so, so it's first it was Wilson, it was Aiton and Yeah,
0: and then the f- the first one before the season was Wilson Chandler in Brooklyn.
1: Wilson Chandler is still in the league?
0: Yep. I mean, don't Making no disrespect, steroids. but I, got to, I thought that guy <laughs> died. Yeah, I mean, he's on his last legs. He needs, needs well, that extra well, juice he prob- to Yeah, stay alive. he probably
1: definitely was juicing.
0: Yeah, which is weird. I don't know how exactly to explain that. But, the, I mean, I don't even think we – I don't think anybody was suspended for that last year. And now we got three guys. That's weird. Yeah,
1: either they're cracking down hard now or something's up with the way that they're testing.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, so, um, moving on to the Warriors. Uh, last week when we were recording, they just were not looking good. And then they got the worst news possible, which was that Steph Curry broke his hand, is going to be out for at least three months. Um, shortly followed was D'Angelo Russell dealing with some ankle injuries and... Uh, Draymond Green dealing with a, I think it was like a sprained finger or something like that and so um, so yeah Golden State for sure not making the
1: playoffs now yeah so what do they do I mean do they try and make playoffs this year do, by you know by way of trades or movements or or do they just take it on the chin and and see what happens
0: they can't really do anything unless they well, they're stuck in a weird position because even though Kevin Durant is gone, um, they got back D'Angelo Russell in return, which means that they still face a really high luxury tax, so much so that they cannot take on any additional salary. Like, they can't even, like, they literally cannot sign players to even a 10 day contract right now with how deep they are in the salary cap. Wow, and and so their only way of getting better, I guess would be to trade D'Angelo Russell, but that's assuming that you can get a better player for him straight up. And it would be a player who's not making more than him because they can't take on any more salary. It has to be of equal or lesser value. And I don't think there's anybody in the league who can do that for him.
1: Damn, that is a predicament that they put themselves in. They can't even sign someone to a 10-day contract?
0: Nope. And so, like you said earlier, it's like, what do they do? Uh, the question is, what can they do? And the answer is really nothing. Because they, they they put themselves in such a financial situation where they're stuck in this corner and they just kind of have to ride it out. And they can say what they want about tanking or no tanking. You don't need to tell us that you're not tanking. You're going to lose these games because yeah. <laughs> look at the people that you're playing. And so, um, okay, so let, let's... Let's see. Can you name anybody who started in the last game against the Blazers that took place yesterday?
1: If you're, if you're telling me that Draymond and D'Angelo were out, then no, I can't name anyone. <laughs> Their starting lineup yesterday against
0: Portland, uh, I'll list it going from the bottom up, point guard to center, was Jordan Poole, Kai Bowman, Glenn Robinson III, Eric Paschal,
1: and Willie Cauley Stein. That's what they get. I'm I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I don't want. I don't wish injury upon anybody. But that is what you get, Golden State fans. Or or gold. And I'm. I. You can't see me, but I'm saying it with air quotes, Golden State fans. That's what you get. I haven't heard one. Well, not one peep from a Golden State fan this year. And and well, you're riding high. You go to five straight finals. You think the whole world, but you don't even know who Baron Davis is. Like, get out of here, dude. <laughs> that's that's what you guys get. I, and I'm I I'm I'm sorry that the stars are hurt. I don't want anybody to be hurt because it hurts the game when people are hurt like that. But I'm very very glad that you were finally having to realize that you're not a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, by the time that.
0: Curry comes back. He's going to be reevaluated in 3 months, which means that he would miss what all of November, all of December, all of January. So maybe after the All-Star break he's back. Maybe maybe mid-February he's back. And so that would leave them with about 2 months of games left. And I don't, so I don't think that I mean just due to the fact that they would have Curry back I don't think that they would end the year at the very bottom unless they just choose to unless they just choose to sit him and and really tank out the rest of the year but assuming he comes back and plays a handful of games for them at least I don't think they're at the very bottom but because of the lottery they wouldn't need to be at the very bottom to land one of the top picks cuz I think um I think, like, case in point, the Pelicans, uh, they got number one, Zion Williamson, but I think in order of record, I think they were the seventh worst team, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so they don't have to be down there. Uh, But I just, I mean, you know that a guy like Steph Curry is going to want to play when he comes back. If Uh you're the GM in Golden State, do you play him or do you just preserve him? They they they're gonna have to
0: consult the Spurs and ask them how they got David Robinson to set yeah, out that year that yeah. they that they got Tim Duncan.
1: <laughs> that's actually wow, yeah, that's a great great example.
0: <laughs> yeah, because this is this has all the makings of already a bounce back year next year mm-hmm. because they can, um, you they can tank out the season, get a top draft pick, um, and then uh, use. D'Angelo Russell to because because the free agent market next year is going to be completely dry, it's not going to be nearly as entertaining as it was this past summer so really it's not free agency that people are going to be looking forward to, it's going to be who's on the trading block and D'Angelo Russell can be on the trading block get some top value for him or if you even want to attach this lottery pick with D'Angelo Russell and they can probably get a superstar in return for him to, and then they come back next year with a healthy Steph healthy Clay. Draymond and then D'Angelo and the pick or another superstar and then they could be wow. right back at it. Wow.
1: What what a lucky turn of events. And then and then we're gonna hear Warriors fans all in, all over the place again. So go ahead. Oh yeah. Good luck for with sure. your with your little your vacation that you have this year. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, man, that'd be that is that's something scary. A team with Steph, Clay, Draymond and a potential high draft pick or a potential superstar yeah that's that's something i'm I'm not worried about it but i'm kind of upset (laughs) like
0: let's let's say shit i mean this is absolutely like doomsday scenario but what if they are able to what if Giannis turns down the no. superbacks from Milwaukee and they're able to package D'Angelo in that draft pick for Giannis? No,
1: no, dude. That would oh my god, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> that would be the worst I would eat every word that I've ever said against the Warriors. God, dude, I would I'd hate that. I would honestly I'm a grown I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve Kerr and the Warriors would be doing everything in their power to make me cry if they did that, if they got Giannis. Oh, my. I don't know what I would do. JP, I really don't know what I would do.
0: Yeah. We have this one year of parody, and then it goes
1: right back to the Warriors' full domination if that were to happen. Oh, my goodness. The only good thing that would come out of that is that they would stop Kawhi from ever getting another trophy. But even still, <laughs> oh, my God. No, I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I'd rather just move on. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I hope that doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope so. We we at least get to bask in another full year of the Warriors being bad. So let's let's look forward to that. Let's live in the moment.
1: Yeah, that just means that we definitely have to win this year. <laughs> we need
0: this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Then so um. So they are currently twelfth, and number one right now. We look at the other side of the standings. Number one is a Lakers at five and one. Um. I put this down in the agenda, and I think it's something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Dwight Howard might be a good player again, like, he was always putting up numbers, kind of like empty numbers the past few years, but they might actually mean something now. Um, he has been serving mainly as the backup, uh, I think they kind of have they have Javel McGee kind of as like a placeholder of the starting center. And then they used Dwight Howard as the backup, but uh, Dwight Howard hasn't really been starting any commotion for the Lakers. Has kind of just accepted his role on the team, and was one of the reasons why the Spurs couldn't put them away on Sunday because he was he was the guy that uh, they were able to they were able to weather the storm of LeBron and Anthony Davis. But you know when Howard was on the floor. Uh, he put up 14 points, perfect 7 out of 7 shooting to go along with 13 rebounds. And 10 of those points and uh, came in the 4th along with 2 blocks. Um, I think that if he is still accepting of his role throughout the year, I, he may be... Dwight Howard, of all fucking people, might make our predictions look dumb.
1: If, if he is still <laughs> accepting of his role throughout the year. He has, you're right. He hasn't stirred anything up. He hasn't caused anything. But you forgot the last word, which is the key word, yet. He hasn't done <laughs> any of that yet. This is Dwight Howard back in Los Angeles and in a, on a team with the guy who is or isn't greater than Kobe. And if they can do it, you know he's going to start talking about how the comparisons are going and everything. And like it or not, that city still belongs to Kobe Bryant So you know that Kobe and his ego Are going to say something back I can already see the Twitter feud going on Or Instagram feud or whatever it is That Kobe would like to address problems on um, Dwight Howard will stir something up By mid-season <laughs> It's going to happen And and it's 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 not going to be good for him It's not going to be good for the Lakers It will be good for the rest of the NFC or Not the NFC, I'm sorry Of the Western, Divi- the Western Conference of the NBA uh, I have no faith in Dwight Howard as a player and much less as a person. I would
0: any other year be on board with that, but I would say that this year he really has like everything to lose. He has no way to benefit from causing another stink this year. Cause I think this is the year where <clears throat> he's still on a non-guaranteed deal. They can cut him at any time and not owe him a penny afterwards. And if he and if he does so, I mean, he's going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis. He's going to try to make a stink in that locker room. LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to tell him to shut the fuck up and, you know, play his role. And I think this is kind of the last straw for him because before this, what, he was in, a, he was, um, when he was in Houston, he left Houston to sign in Atlanta yeah. and then got traded to Charlotte and then got traded to Brooklyn, who cut him, and then he signed with Washington. And I think if you can't make it work in L.A. when you have two of the best players in the league, I think that goes to show just how far gone you are. And I feel like this is a situation this year more than any other year that he's forced to be on his best behavior and make things work. But, I mean, who knows? It is why Howard, after all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't think that he's going to cause a commotion in the locker room or against LeBron or Anthony Davis. I think he's going to do it on his cell phone, on Twitter, (laughs) or on something else. He's going to cause some kind of stir-up, and then he's going to be in the eye of the media. And then he's going to say something wrong in the media. And then the attention's going to be too far on there. And then that's when the stars come out and they're like, all right, guy, you got to shut up. And shit's just going to fucking snowball. I can already see it happening. Mark my words. That's what's going to happen. Dwight Howard will not be the person that he has been through the first six. Uh, he won't be that same person through the next seventy six.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, we just had to. Hopefully not, because I don't want the Lakers to win. And so. Yeah, exactly. We'll just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might yeah, be
1: wishful thinking, but it's also kind of logical.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right then. Um, let me see. I don't think that there is much else going on. Um, I have fantasy updates here for me. I mean, I won my f- I won my second week, and uh, not to brag, but I had the highest point differential across the whole league.
1: Wow! And
0: uh, let me see here. Um, I mean, and it was my typical guys, mostly. Uh, I mean, of course, Dejounte. Dejounte, man, this guy. It's not only going to be the Spurs. It's going to be my fantasy team that really goes off as soon as Ajante can get more minutes, mm-hmm. and then um, you got, and then you got, um, of course, the typical other guys that I had mentioned before who really pulled the weight this week. You know, Kawhi, John Morant came through pretty well. Devin Booker finally uh, is finally going off. He, I mean, he was always decent, but he's starting to separate himself and have big Devin Booker like games. Um, Siakam still holding it down for me, um, but yeah, I don't think uh, this week I'm going to get, This week I'm going up against uh, another undefeated player in our team, so we'll see how that goes. But um, and this is week three. Week three, yeah. So um, we'll see. Dejounte Murray at the moment is not doing me any favors. He has only gotten me two fantasy points at halftime. So uh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, let's let's turn this around to Jante. Second half. <laughs> let's go. Okay. All right. Well, I think that just about does it. Do you have anything else?
1: Uh no. Oh, uh, real quick, since we did this at the end of the last segment, um, unfortunately our Astros pulled some stupid, idiotic moves in the end of the game seven and <laughs> they didn't start or didn't play Gerrit And, uh, you know, who am I to judge? But uh, we lost. So uh, the only good that came out of it was that Bryce Harper left the Nationals and then they immediately won a World Series after that. So, uh, yeah.
0: The only World Series where the road team won every game. Every
1: single game. Never before had it happened.
0: And never again would it probably happen. So. So So many mattresses. (laughs) <laughs> oh uh, did, did, yeah,
1: Mattress you, Mac. Dude, that guy's a genius. Yeah, have you heard though. about that? Yeah. He's a genius. Yeah, he just hedged that bet. So for those of you, real quick before we go, for those of you that don't know, Mattress Mac had said... And Mattress Mac is a mattress dealer, obviously, if you don't, if you can't tell by the name. He, he <laughs> uh, owns a furniture store in Houston or in the greater Houston area. And uh, he said some months ago that if the Houston Astros won the World Series that any and all furniture, correct me if i'm wrong jp, but it was something like any of any and all furniture that was purchased with a total of $3000 or more yeah would be refunded to you yeah if the astros won so obviously people just came out in swarms and bought tons and tons of furniture from this guy and then the astros <laughs> end up showing up like they're about to win. So then Mattress Mac is like, well, shit, I'm about to lose all of this money. (laughs) I got to refund all this money. So, you know what? Let me just hedge my bet real quick. So then he goes and bets something like 12 or 15 million, something like that. He bet like $12 million on the Astros to win it because he's like, well, hell, shit, I'm going to lose all this money with the furniture, so I might as well win some of it back with the Astros winning. But he didn't bet as much as he would have lost. Like, he just diminished his losings to, like, a couple million instead of all the 15 that he would have lost on the mattresses. But since the Astros didn't win, he ended up keeping all the 15 million. So, he ended up winning, like, $3 million. Like, it was fucking awesome. Yeah because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew some people who
0: actually bought the mattress, and so like, really, th- yeah. So this was like their gambling fix. It's just like <laughs> watching this game, just like counting on a free mattress.
1: Yeah, and they had asked him before the series actually started. They had asked him like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And like, "Are you ever gonna do this again?" Like, you risked a lot, and he was basically like, "No, yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Like, I'm definitely gonna do it again." And yeah, mind you this guy's like a multimillionaire, Like, he doesn't really care. I just I really appreciated the way that he said it is because he said that because he's an old man. He's like in his 70s, I think. And he said that uh, sales just aren't the same as they were back then. Like everything is so digital now and the salesman is almost like is almost um, obsolete. And so he was trying to find more ways to get people into his store instead of buying mattresses online or whatever. So I appreciate that and the 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 marketing aspect of it and uh and also the gambling like the guy's a badass dude that was that was just really cool of him (laughs) so and 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 yeah expect him to do it again if the astros have another good
0: unfortunately yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean why not he kind of has to so
1: (laughs) yeah okay well i I guess that's it for me
0: all right well that does it for this episode of double shot a sports podcast again that's hector i'm jp And we'll see y'all next week. See you later.